Hello and welcome to the first annual Cruzies Award on the Crew Review Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Atkins, and joining me today is an illustrious panel of judges. Uh, Introducing first is a guest who's making his debut here on the Crew Review. He's been covering Columbus Crew soccer since the dawn of time. He's the managing editor at Massive Report. He's sporting the most expensive tuxedo I've ever seen for for this occasion tonight. I told you it's a black tie event. He is none other than Patrick Golden. Patrick, how are you doing today? And thank you for being here. Oh, no, thanks for having me. Doing, uh, Doing really nice tonight, so... I am I'm glad that I, I was able to pull out the tuxedo because uh you know normally it's just uh you know evening wear for uh uh the the family so being able to pull out the black tie is good. <laughs> and, and joining me secondly he's a man who's been on the crew review a plethora of times this season. He he's a man who flew all the way from Idaho to Columbus with the dream of securing a ticket to the MLS Cup and against all odds he not only managed to secure a ticket, but managed to secure the seat directly next to me in the Nordeca. He hasn't worn a shirt since Lucas Zellerion scored the third goal in the MLS Cup, but he did throw on a bow tie. He is none other than Adam Miller. Adam, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Been a good day. Been a good last uh, week or so here celebrating um, winning MLS Cup, being back in Ohio, and of course running around shirtless. So. <laughs> Been a, been a good week and, and excited to, to get going here with the cruisies. For anybody who hasn't uh, had the pleasure, go, go to my Twitter account and you'll see uh, Adam Miller making his national television debut shirtless and, and going wild on, uh, on Saturday night. It comes off all, always. That's my a, rule. A man of his word. A man okay. of his word. So as I said, tonight is the cruisies award and uh, – before we get into the awards, I'm, I just wanted to explain the voting format and how things are going to go tonight. So I've assembled what I consider the most expert panel of judges ever assembled between myself, Adam, and Patrick. And then the fourth judge, and, and probably the most expert of all judges, is none other than you, the listeners. So how, how this is going to go tonight is each one of us will have one vote. So I will have a vote, Adam will have a vote, and Patrick will have a vote. And the fourth vote goes to the listeners. In the case of a tie, so let's say Adam and Patrick voted one way and myself and the listeners voted another, the draw will go to the listener vote. Does that make sense, gentlemen? Makes sense. It certainly does. And I'm excited about it. I feel like I've got some hot takes locked and loaded, and I've – been doing some research because I felt I'm already feeling defensive. I'm already feeling like I'm going to have to defend myself tonight. So while we're speaking of defense, the first Cruzies Award and by far the runaway listener vote, this one wasn't even close. It is Defender of the Year. So the nominees are Harrison Awful, Jonathan Mensa, Josh Williams, and Milton Valenzuela. And gentlemen, I don't think it's going to come as any surprise. It wasn't even close. Jonathan Mensa with 92% of the vote. Josh Williams with 6%. Milton Valenzuela, 2%. And poor Harrison Awful with 0% of the vote. So, Patrick, for this one, I'm going to go to you first. We know the listeners voted. Jonathan Mensa, who do you vote for? Defender of the Year for Columbus Crew. 
It's got to be Jonathan. Um, as, as good as as much as I like Milton, and I thought he did uh, very well this year, and I think his defense was was what we expected and what we saw a couple years ago. And I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Jonathan played every minute of every game in the hardest season to do that in when you know you're 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 playing game after game, you know, traveling and then coming back at 4 a.m. and then playing the next game. He played all of them, and he played at a high level. And when you're MLS Best 11 and Defender of the Year finalist, uh, you get my vote. I don't think anybody's going to argue that vote. Adam, are you going the other way with it? Not at all. Men's all the way, um, playing every minute, leading the team captain. Not to mention, I, I, I think I saw the other day he's been without um, his wife for like 10 months or something like that. So, you know, in, a, in an already tough year, a tough situation to play, he's also doing it without a, a huge support system at home and – Man, I, I admire that guy a lot, and a lot of people will forget. You know, when he when he got to Columbus, he he was, to say the least, was off to a rocky start. So, um, it's been cool to see him turn it around, and and again, best eleven playing every minute and and leading the team and playing the way he did. I don't think it's any question. Yeah, it's a pretty simple one with this one. Jonathan Mensah all the way. That's a unanimous four votes for Jonathan Mensah. I will say. I guess not surprised that Josh Williams and Milton Valenzuela got some votes, but uh, Harrison Awful getting 0%. I, I feel bad for him, but at the same time, maybe not super surprising. I'd say of, of the defense, probably the weakest link this season. But his, his strengths lie elsewhere. You know, him going forward, him supporting the offense, there's certainly his values there. And I think that, uh, you know, that, that balance maybe changed more towards the end of the season. But he's never your lockdown defense, defender at right back. And, you know, he, he certainly gives the team a lot going forward, though. So, Jonathan Mensa, the official recipient of the first ever Cruzies Award, Defender of the Year, well-deserved. Nobody's going to argue that one. This next one, I feel like, is where the debate will begin, and it is Midfielder of the Year. And your nominees are Darlington Nagby, Artur, Pedro Santos, and Lucas Zellerion. Have any of you looked at the audience votes yet? I haven't, no. No, it's going to be a little bit of a surprise. I'm, I'm interested to know this one. That's I was curious. I, Adam, I'm going to have you guess. What do you, where do you think the audience went on this one? I think they they probably went for Nagby or Zellerion would be my guess. This one surprised me a little bit. 52% Darlington Nagby, 13% Artur, 13% Pedro Santos, 22% Lucas Zellerion. So a commanding victory for Darlington Nagby and midfielder of the year. And uh, one I'm going to argue with, but first I'm going to go with you, Adam. Why don't you give me your vote for midfielder of the year? My vote is for Artur. Um, I think he – played the most minutes out of that group and I think he has a, a, a underrated role kind of in the midfield for the team provides a little bit of that stability but also is able to move the ball um, side to side and up and down um, I think he's someone that maybe doesn't get all of the plaudits um, maybe that he deserves um, but I think he's been fantastic since he's been in Columbus um, you know scored some big goals obviously the one against New England comes to mind but I think he's someone who you know just his ability to play game in and game out and, and be consistent and um, contribute, you know, kind of his role to the team, which maybe is a little bit different than other guys. Um, but I think he did it the most consistently um, throughout the entire year. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Brazilian there. All right, so we have one vote, Darling to Nagby, one vote, Artur Patrick. Who are you giving your midfielder of the year to? 
I, I could I can make a case for all of these these uh, nominees because uh, our tour I think Adam put it best is has has just been uh, tremendous in a lot of different roles. Uh, you know he he stepped up and started scoring goals. He stepped up and and was uh, that the defensive midfield rock. Um, Pedro Santos is the is a fantastic two way midfielder and that his defense is, is fantastic and, and gets overshadowed by his offense. And what can you say about Zellerion who uh, shined in the biggest games, but I am going to go with Darlington Nagby, who I, I think really makes this crew team play uh, a way that, that no other team can. And, uh, you know, even in the MLS cup, when he was, uh, you know, sadly not able to play you could see that the the crew had to adjust and and there's no real really replacing what he is able to do on the field maybe more so than any other player and and i just really enjoyed getting a chance to see him uh live and uh in person and the way he's able to to ride out a challenge and uh you know receive a ball in traffic and and still make something happen it was it was something that uh i hadn't ever seen before so i go with nagby it's hard to argue Darlington Nagby. And so I did a little bit of research. Darlington Nagby missed eight games this season. And when he was not on the pitch, the crew went three, uh, three wins, three losses, two draws, including losses to Montreal, FC Cincinnati, and Toronto. Darlington Nagby had 95% passing accuracy, which that's for the season, gentlemen. That is unreal. But with that being said, I also looked up some some stats on other people. Zellerion missed seven games, crew three wins, three losses, one draw without him. Very similar to Darlington Nagby. They did overlap some of that as well. Artur, however, played every game except for one. He was benched for the DC game. 88% passing accuracy. That's nothing to, nothing to scoff at. 74% tackle rate, three goals, two assists. Artur also gets my vote. It's, it's nil, though, because it makes it 2-2. So to the listeners goes the draw. Darlington Nagby is your midfielder of the year. One I don't think too many people are gonna are gonna throw a flag on though. I think you could have picked any one of those four guys and they all would have been deserving. I think that's the beauty of doing this awards kind of show here with uh, the MLS Cup champions is you, you've got a lot of options that a lot of people are gonna be happy with anyway. So yeah, I, th- I think all four would have been deserving and, and Darlington certainly. Um, is one of the most impressive midfielders in the league, in my opinion. Patrick, I want to ask you a question. Something I, I started thinking about when I was watching the voting and the way it was going, Darlington Nagby, the front runner from the time I posted that poll till the time it closed, ended up with uh, twice the amount of any other, any other competitor in that or any other nominee in that category. Darlington Nagby is not somebody, however, I put on, and we'll get into this category later, I did not put him on the best, best of the season nominees. With such a clear runaway over uh, Pedro Santos and Lucas Celeron, who are in the best, best of the season, do you think, do you think maybe that was an oversight? Maybe I should have included Darlington Nagby. I, I think it's a case that, you know, you can – not necessarily an oversight. It's it's just challenging, like we said about all the midfielders, is to fit the the right people, uh, every every deserving candidate into every poll. So you know we could list the entire you know starting midfield because you know you can even make a make a case for for um, 
Derek Etienne Jr. or uh, Luis Diaz as having some moments where you're like, you know, they really made the change. And if that sticks out to you, if like if you're talking about the the playoff midfielder uh, of the, the year, then, you know, Luis Diaz is in that because he, he came on strong. So I think it's just the challenge of of really, you know, rating the the MLS Cup champs is that, you know, you're, you're going to slight someone because it's such a deep team right now. Yeah, absolutely. No the, the next category, I had to do it. I had to include it. It's the Striker of the Year Award, although I've renamed it the Jossie Zardes Award. So your nominees for this category are Jossie Zardes, Jossie Zardes, Jossie Zardes, and Jossie Zardes. And the listener vote with uh, 60% it goes to Jossie Zardes. 18% goes to Jossie Zardes. 9% goes to Jossie Zardes. 13% goes to Jossie Zardes. Gentlemen, Jossie Zardes, a great, a great year. He's been, he's been very good since coming to Columbus Crew. I, you know, I could have made a striker of the year and I could have thrown Fernando Adi in there or I could have thrown a, a Christian Nemeth, but nobody's going to throw them a vote. I mean, we, the, the striking depth on this team... It was close to non-existent for this season. Jossie Zardes uh, carried that role on his back like a pro. You see his impact on games like uh, what what uh, Thomas Costello calls the Jossie Zardes baby game, where he comes back after having his fourth child, uh, doesn't doesn't start the match, comes in midway through the second half, scores two goals. Jossie Zardes has really shined this year because of the service from Lucas Celerion, the, the strong midfield behind him, like we just talked about. Anybody, anything that you guys want to say about Jossie before we move on? I mean, obviously he's striker of the year for the crew, uh, but Patrick, what you got anything you want to say about Jossie Zardes? I'll say this, the, the thing I always end up saying about Jossie is that you're going to get the same effort uh, from minute one to, to minute 89. And he, he really is a complete player in a lot of regards in that, you know, he's not creating his own shot. He's not uh, right. doing some of those things that you talk about, but he's going to make runs. Every minute of the game that, that, that the offense needs him to make runs, he'll make runs. He'll, he'll be there to, to receive a pass. He will, you know, do hold up play if that's what's required, or he'll be able to, to, to connect and, and uh, bring in the, the rest of the attack. And, you know, you, it's really interesting to to see that transition from him getting into Columbus and really being the guy and showing, yeah, I've been waiting to be the striker, uh, the, you know, my entire career and, you know, LA, he was never going to do that because they're always going to bring in high price talent, but you see what he can do. And it's, it's amazing. I will, I will say that it, I will, I will, have a brief moment for Christian Nemeth who has scored a, an important goal um, to, to kind of propel the, the crew uh, into the playoffs with, uh, you know, some momentum. And uh, he was something that, that the team needed to have on the bench. If there was a, a need for some sort of energy for some sort of change that they weren't getting from Fernando Adi. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, you know, one goal, it's not going to be, anything that the crew won't be able to replace. But, you know, I, I, I will note that he, he made his contribution, the Jack McInerney, McInerney uh, honorary, you know, crew substitute in a MLS Cup season yeah. award. Yeah. Shout out to Nemeth. I also just will add that um, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure Jossie's a regular listener just like everybody else, but <laughs> I, I appreciate that guy. I mean, he, he's an enigma, in my opinion, in, in American American so- soccer. Everybody is, you know, from outside of kind of the Columbus circle is criticizing him and his first touch, and he can't play with the national team. He can't do this. And I appreciate Jossie just puts his head down, does what he's good at, makes runs, gets into dangerous positions, and puts the ball in the back of the net. He's never going to be maybe a, a world-class finisher or a world-class player technically, but – Man, you know, I appreciate him because he's a hard worker. He does his job, and, and he's kind of your prototypical, um, you know, Greg Berhalter slash Caleb Porter striker that they, those guys need in their system. And, and I think he's a big reason, obviously, um, you know, why the Cruz offense was was potent at, time this, at times this year was just his ability to get open and, and finish off some of those service from the more creative guys and Zellarion and Santos and, and even Diaz and, and, and everybody else kind of served him the ball. So, um, Jossie, if you're listening, we, we appreciate you. We love you and, and keep putting the ball in the back of the net. And we see it with Jossie Zardes. He's, he's as good as the midfield behind him. He's always going to make those runs. He's always going to get into the position. It's a matter of can the midfield find him. And uh, Lucas Zellarion proved to be that perfect. I mean, the ZZ top, we saw it instantly, the chemistry those two had. So speaking of Fernando Adi, I would say I, I I try to watch what I say and I try to I try to be fair. I understand these guys are professional athletes and also that most of them could murder me with their bare hands or feet. They're soccer players. But Fernando Adi is somebody I looked at with high hopes going into the season. I uh, in an article on Massive Report, which uh, Patrick, I'm going to hold you partially responsible for this. You should have kicked me off the team the second you read this. <laughs> I said that Fernando Adi would be one of the keys to winning the MLS Cup in 2020. And I went as far as saying that Columbus has not seen this kind of depth in the striking position since the dual Kamara days. I'm humiliated about it. And the reason I bring it up is because it is a nominee for the worst cold take award on the cruises and your nominees are Fernando Adi will be one of the keys to winning MLS cup made by Andrew Atkins uh, in the preseason. Please forgive me. The second one is Harrison awful should not start at right back going into the playoffs. That one was made by Tyler Fisher and seconded by me. I've had a few cold takes this season and the third one, <laughs> Luis Diaz will score. This prediction was made every single match by Thomas Costello. So we'll get into the listener votes. Give it a 41% go to Adi will help win the cup. 37% go to Harrison awful shouldn't start and 22% go to Diaz will score. So Patrick, are you going to spare me? What is your, uh, what's your vote? So I, I, I think that I'll, you know, the, the the process of writing is you're going to write something that's going to come back to bite you. And I, I have, I have written plenty of those, but uh, Audi and uh, in, in, in him driving the team to the MLS Cup, the only way that happened is well, two two ways. I'll, I'll make the cheap joke. He was the he was the team driver of the van, but you know, with the social distancing, everybody just driving themselves. Um, or you know, he the 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 you don't know what these te- these players do in practice, but I, I think that Audi, when you look at him, and it's clear now that it's a situation where physically maybe he's just just not the player that he once was, and those those things that made the difference that made him so scary dangerous when he came into the league in 2014 and 2015 
just aren't there. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's foundations for Harrison Offal being um, a liability for this team. But I think that Caleb Porter recognized what he is and where, how he could be a, a benefit that uh, they, they still got something out of him. But yeah, so I still have to go with Audi um, on, on the cold take there. That one's, that one's rough. It is rough. Uh, Adam, you're my friend. What are you going to vote? I am your friend. I'm indebted, for, indebted to you for helping me get a ticket, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can spare you on this one. I mean, you know, Patrick covered it, covered it pretty well. I think, to be fair, we all had high hopes. I certainly had high hopes that we were going to have some, some more striker depth this year than we did, and Adi being reunited with, um, with Caleb and, and Darlington and some of those guys that were so successful in Portland. But, man, that one is a, a freezing cold, you know, mid Ohio mid-December day out, man. It's it's cold. I think I think it's, you know, that like Patrick said as well, that there is foundation for um, a fool to, to be um, – I, I think the take was to not be the starter in the playoffs. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, even towards the end of the year, I know he gave one away against Orlando City. And um, like Patrick said, his strengths sometimes lie elsewhere. But – yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's any any getting past the the Audi taken. <laughs> you know, and, and Luis Diaz may have scored an MLS Cup. That was the shot that was going to go in, but he knew that that Lucas had to take it, and so right. may, maybe there's partial credit there because that one would have gone in if he would have shot it. But he was like, no, Lucas got the better angle, even though I know I'm going to make it. He 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 let Lucas take it. So yeah, it was a a really smart, really mature assist. To, we've seen Luis Diaz take that shot a hundred times this season and, and miss it. So to take the time and have the patience to, to make the pass instead of go for the goal, especially in MLS Cup, just shows how much Luis Diaz has grown leaps and bounds. But in terms of this vote, I've already lost three to three to whatever I vote, but I'm I'm gonna defend I'm gonna defend one thing. Um Harrison Awful, the, the right back going into playoffs prediction that was made by Tyler and seconded by me, came after the Orlando match where he had the, the real bad clearances, mm-hmm. a couple of them. And even moving into the Atlanta match, not necessarily any mistakes. It was a game I was at Montfrey Stadium, and I was really close to where Awful played. And he just looked like one of the slowest players on the pitch that match. Now – he came out in the playoffs and he showed up big. And I, I think a lot of that comes from his experience, his time with the crew. He has experience in high pressure situations and big game situations. And he showed up. I will say he also almost scored on the crew in the MLS cup. So for, for that being the worst cold take, I, I'm going to say that I don't, I, I still don't know that I think it's necessarily a bad take. I just don't think we have the depth currently to fulfill that position without Harrison Awful. I, I will say there was reasoning behind that. Now, Fernando Adi being one of the keys to winning the MLS Cup, I can't defend. I got to give it. It's a unanimous one. I lost. That was a bad one. The real bummer of that is that's in the same article that I predicted in the preseason that crew would win the 2020 MLS Cup. So now every time I bring that up to brag about it, somebody has to bring up that Fernando Adi was one of the points just to crush my spirits. And that brings us into the best hot take award, one that I am confident in my, uh, my ability to win this one. So the, the nominees for the best hot take are, and Adam, you got one in this too, actually. Number one, 
Columbus Crew will win the MLS Cup in 2020. That was made February 21st, 2020 by yours truly, Andrew Atkins. Second, Columbus Crew will not win any games on the road made by our guest, Adam Miller. And number three, and actually I will say maybe the most impressive to me, made by uh, another guest co-host, Drew Nickham, Nashville will beat Toronto to advance in the MLS Cup playoffs. And your voting for this one, it shouldn't come as a surprise. Uh, Columbus Crew winning the MLS Cup got 62%. People are still fired up about that. Columbus Crew not winning any on the road got 21%. And Nashville beating Toronto got 17%. Adam, I'm going to go to you first. Where's your vote live for this hot take of the year award? Well, Andrew, as you know, um, I am a gentleman. As prideful as I am, as much as I want to vote for myself, I have no choice but to vote for your MLS Cup champions take. And I admire you for it, something that I wasn't wasn't close to, it, at least at that time of the year in February, predicting that. You know, and I think that it's a, um, you know, I hope you make that prediction every year now because you know, <laughs> as of now, we're, we're one for one. So um, I guess that's kind of on you to continue with that prediction. Um, but I'm, I'm honored to be a nominee um, and, I, and I will respectfully, I won't vote for myself um, as a true gentleman. I mean, I'm, I'm dressed to the nines here anyway, so I'll, I'll act the part as well. And then I'll vote for uh, Andrew Atkins um, MLS Cup um, champs take from February. Now, Patrick, before you vote, I want to I do want to clarify something. I've been accused of uh, this hot take being pandering to a new audience because it was my first article I wrote for Massive Report. So. I was told by actually Thomas Costello again that when I made that prediction, I was just pandering. However, I will say you could go back on my Twitter timeline to before I got uh, to join the crew at Massive Report. I was touting MLS Cup success the whole preseason with all these moves that I saw falling into place. I, I was actually confident going into the season that it was a possibility. So I just want to defend myself there before you before you make your uh, your vote. So go ahead, Patrick. Sorry. It's it's the crew on MLS Cup. Uh, you know, I when I looked at this team, I, I, I really had questions on whether the team would settle or whether Pedro Santos would, would uh, uh, continue his form or whether there'd be a sophomore slump from, from Luis Diaz, uh, which, you know, there was a little bit of a sophomore slump from, from Luis Diaz, but Pedro Santos continued his form. And Lucas Elrayon kind of figured things out, except for the injuries. And the, this, the, the thing that I, I didn't, you know, it's like, oh, the defense, you know, I have some concerns. Who, who's going to play? Is, is, is Vito Wormhor going to be good enough? And then he plays two games. You have Josh Williams and Buba Keita step in. Um, and, and, and this team kind of made all those things moot. And it was, it was just most impressive that the, 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 the moves that didn't make um, headlines yeah. still paid off because you, you have somebody like Aiden Morris uh, stepping up or, or even uh, Sebastian Berhalter at times, or you have Derek Etienne Jr. Who, you know, sure that that's wing depth, but he comes in to, to kind of seize a spot. And then I think Luis Diaz responds. So it, it's really kind of, you know, half guesstimate always at the, at the beginning because every, but this team is MLS uh, cup competitors as, as uh, possibilities as hopefuls. I thought it may have been a month, uh, a year away. Um, but yeah, knowing that they were going to win that that's, that's 
relishing that hot take is uh, is well deserved. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I'm I'm not going to be the gentleman that Adam is. I'm giving myself the vote. I well, have, no surprise there. I have bragged about this since the moment we qualified for the playoffs. I've been touting this article. I've been sharing it. Now, I do want to say uh, to Patrick's point. In the article, I talk about uh, various things, one of them being the fact that the Columbus fans deserve it. One of them being the fact that Mopre Stadium, Crew Stadium, deserved that as a send-off. And it was just, like I, I've said it on the podcast before, it's, it's a sports story that's almost too corny to be made into a movie. It's like, no, that would never happen. But it did. It happened in Columbus to our crew. Wonderful. But to Patrick's point, a lot of my points in the article are about the signing of Lucas Celerian, who then goes on to miss seven matches. The signing of Darlington Nagby, who goes on to miss eight matches. The signing of Vito Warmhor, who played only two matches this season. Um, the signing of Fernando Adi, which we've already talked about. That came back to bite me. What I didn't talk about was Derek Etienne Jr., what I didn't talk about was Aiden Morris, was Andrew Tarbell, was all of these players who come up, Josh Williams, who come up so huge and so clutch and, and end up winning the crew in MLS Cup. I mean, Darlington Nagby Lucas L, uh, and Lucas Celeron missed a lot of the season. And we still, you know, didn't get a whole lot of wins when we didn't have them, but we still got some wins and we still got some draws. We, we ended up getting... 10 points without uh, Darlington Nagby on the pitch. So I didn't, to, to Patrick's point, those are the intangibles that who had any way of knowing going into the season, how impactful uh, some of these, what we thought of as subs. I mean, at the beginning of the season, just to digress for a second before we move on, the, the argument was Eunice Mokhtar or Luis Diaz. It was never Derek Etienne Jr. And then going into the MLS Cup, He's the natural starter. I mean, he was ha he was going on a tear through the playoffs before uh, before he had to miss a couple of matches. So, just to kind of back up what you were saying, Patrick, who would have thought? Who would have thought the next man up would have been so important this season? Yeah, and to back up one of one of my takes, I think I had on an earlier pod, which didn't quite make the nominees list, but I I, I really do believe that the the front office. Um, you know, the cruise front office is, is one of, if not the best in the league. I think Bez knows what he's doing. Pat Onstad's been fantastic and Caleb Porter knows how to win in this league. So um, shout out to those guys for bringing in some of those, those guys and making those moves aside from Nagby and Zellerion um, and, and making those smaller rules. Even Nemeth, who we talked about earlier, bringing him in halfway through and then he gets you three points against Philadelphia. So um, shout out to those guys for, for kind of driving the ship and, and making all the right moves instead of just the, the big money ones. Yeah. And you know, without that goal by Nemeth, we would not have hosted this cup. It's a, it was that thin. It was 0 0.01 uh, of a, of a goal differential that got us to the, uh, got us to be able to host the MLS cup. So we talk about the importance of the next man up this season. And it's almost like I plan it this way. The next award wouldn't you know it? It's the next man up award, the best fill in for an injury. And this one was really difficult for me to pick. And as difficult as it was for me to pick, it was just as difficult for the audience to pick. So your nominees for next man up are Josh Williams, Andrew Tarbell, Aiden Morris, Derek Etienne Jr. Before I read the winner, Patrick, I'm curious if, if you had to guess where the audience went with this one, where would you think? I was going to th think 
they would go with Josh personally. That that's kind of where I thought it would go to. I thought it was a toss up between uh, Josh and uh, Andrew Tarbell. Surprisingly, not Josh Williams is not who they go with. It's actually a tie. This this one kind of shocked me. Thirty three percent to Andrew Tarbell. Thirty three percent Aiden Morris. Thirty one percent Josh Williams, and only three percent Derek Etienne Jr. We call that recency bias. Yeah. Yeah, that, that very well might be the case. I'm going to go ahead and go first this one because I haven't went first yet. Aiden Morris is a hot hand, and Aiden Morris has a bright future in Major League Soccer or just professional soccer in general. Aiden Morris was not the, ne- the best next man up in 2020, though. Maybe in the MLS Cup, man, I mean, every time he was – in fact, every time Aiden Morris was on the pitch, he impressed me this season – he plays with a fire. He plays with a passion. I have a, nothing but respect for him. But Josh Williams coming in after two matches, a position that he, he had lost for all intents and purposes, and he, he's even talked about knowing he wasn't supposed to be the starter this year, and comes out and has one of the best years of his career. And it's almost poetic what happened because Josh Williams was able to be on the pitch when they won the MLS Cup. And that's so huge for him, somebody who – was a crew fan, grew up in the crew, has such a long history with Columbus. Uh, so for me, it was and, – and Derek Etienne Jr. scoring in the MLS Cup in a match he wasn't supposed to start, that's huge. But I, for me, I, I instantly rule out Aiden Morris and Derek Etienne Jr. just because of the impact of Josh Williams and Andrew Tarbell. Now, what made me decide my vote was a look at comparing – I couldn't really compare Williams to Warmhorn. I didn't get to see Warhammer enough. I could compare Andrew Tarbell to Eloy Room. And I just want to throw out an interesting stat before I give my vote, which is going to be for Andrew Tarbell. If you average Andrew Tarbell's stats per appearance and you multiply them to match Eloy Room's appearances, if that makes sense, the results are pretty interesting. So for the season, Eloy Room played 17 matches, had 41 saves, and 15 goals against. If you average Tarbell's performance and multiply it to match the same amount of games played, and I know you can't project an MLS before anybody throws it at me, but just for the sake of stats, if you multiply it so that Tarbell has 17 appearances, he also has 41 saves, but actually ends up with one less goal against, only 14. So technically, for minutes played, Tarbell had that much better of a, of a stat sheet than Eloy Room. Andrew Tarbell played two matches in 2019, and they were in the U.S. Open Cup, and he conceded six goals. Comes into 2020, starts two matches in the MLS Cup playoffs, and concedes zero. How do you give it to anybody else but Andrew Tarbell? Patrick, I'll let you tell me first. My vote's for Andrew Tarbell. I, I'm a I'm a big Tarbell fan, and I, I think that he is an outstanding shot stopper, and he's going to be uh, find another starting spot again in MLS. Um, I, I I think that he it's a you know the the drop off between him and and, and Room is um, is is not that great. Uh, Room is better at his, with his feet, but but they're both excellent shot stoppers, uh, and so I don't think that that's necessarily a wrong vote. Um, Early on, I thought uh, Derek, you know, when we were making preseason predictions, I thought uh, Derek Etienne Jr. was going to be an impact sub, uh, an impact player for the team. And I think he proved that, you know, getting 
a starting spot away from Luis Diaz coming down the stretch. Um, but when I look at it, and, and, and Eden Morris, um, he he was fantastic uh, in in every pretty much every game that he played. Um, you know, really changing the game, the the amount of energy. But I have to go with Josh because. Um, a, a veteran, um, not necessarily a journeyman per se, but someone who who just kind of stays in that eighteen. Who is who is um, uh, the, the the veteran presence, not the 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 starter that you're going to lock down. However, that defense continued to perform, uh, no matter who was in there. And it could Josh supporting Booba, supporting Vito, uh, stepping up. So Josh has my vote because, you know, he stepped in and it was clear that he settled next to Jonah and everything kind of set into place. So it was, it was the most impressive season that I, I think I've seen out of him, uh, especially some of those uh, last ditch saves in, uh, in MLS cup where, yeah. you know, he kind of came through. So my, my votes for Josh. That's a worthy vote. I, I, I'm not going to say that Josh Williams is a wrong answer. Like, like you said, a lot of these, there's no wrong answer. But Adam, if you um, if you're not going to say Andrew Tarbell, go ahead and give me your wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I I think there's no wrong answer. I'm a big fan of Tarbell. I was a goalkeeper. I'm a goalkeeper guy. I know it's it's tough to step into those situations at times, especially when you haven't been playing frequently. Um, but I'll tell you why he didn't give up as many goals um, this year compared to last year. It's because of the guys in front of him. Um, and, and the defenders that he had defending in front of them. And, and one of those guys, Patrick already um, mentioned, is Josh Williams. I don't see how you could go any other way. Josh Williams was a replacement, more or less, for the entire season um, from, from Vito. Um, obviously didn't play every game, and, and there was a little bit of a, a struggle between him and Booba. But, you know, I think if, if anybody had um, Josh Williams starting an MLS Cup final for the crew in 2020, and they told you that back in February. I don't think anybody would have believed you. And I think a lot of teams would have maybe licked their lips if, if they knew that was going to be the case. So um, it's got to go to Josh, in my opinion, an Ohio guy through and through, club legend. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it, you know, again, no wrong votes. I think it's between Josh and, and Andrew. I'm going to give it to Josh because he did it longer. And, frankly, I, I just think he's more deserving. Well, the audience votes worked against me earlier on midfielder of the year, and they were the deciding factor between Artur and Darlington Nagby, and they went with Darlington Nagby. This time, the crowd vote goes in my favor. We have a draw between Josh Williams and Andrew Tarbell. However, the crowd vote went Andrew Tarbell. So Andrew Tarbell is your winner of the Next Man Up Award, and, and definite, definite honorable mention to Josh Williams. The fact that the crowd went Andrew Tarbell and Aiden Morris in a 50-50 split was definitely the most uh, shocking of the night in terms of crowd votes for me. So before we get into the final award, I'm just going to recap really quick all of our winners so far. Defender of the Year, Jonathan Mensa. Midfielder of the Year, Darlington Nagby. The uh, worst take of the year was Fernando Adi will help win the cup. Who had that, the last one you said? Whose take was that? That, that was mine. That, that was mine. But also mine was the best hot take of the year, which was crew will win the MLS Cup. I forgot Jossie Zardes won striker of the year in, uh, in what was probably the upset, upset victory. And then Andrew Tarbell with your next man up. The final award, and this is the one I've been excited about. This is the one I've been itching to talk about. It is the best, best player of the year. 
So here on the crew review, we don't give a best and worst every match. We give a best best and a worst best because Columbus is the greatest team the world has ever seen. So to be the best player on the crew means you are the best best player in the world, whereby we're about to name the best best player in the world, gentlemen. That's, that's a big responsibility, and I hope you guys are ready for it. And your nominees for best best player of the year are Jonathan Mensa, Lucas Zellerion, Pedro Santos, and Jossie Zardes. Um, the rest of the team can be honorable mention for this one. It was a, a great team this year. But I just, I could only pick four. And before we get into the voting, either of you, do you feel like uh, out of these four, could you, could you see one coming off to be replaced? Because Darlington Nagby, for me, it was a matter of time played. And I know Lucas Zellerion missed just about as much time as Darlington Nagby, but Lucas Zellerion also... Uh, won us an MLS Cup pretty much, so he's going to be on my list. Darlington Nagby was my maybe, but I couldn't pick anybody on that on that four to get rid of. How about you, Patrick? I like I said earlier, um, no wrong answers here. Uh, so you know, if you have your nominees, I don't know who I'd be swapping out because I think Pedro Santos uh, deserves to be in that conversation. Uh, you know, he was, he was steadfast, uh, throughout the entire year, uh, a constant on offense, just like Jossie was. And so, you know, you have your, your people that were, that were getting it done all year long. You have your people that made the difference, uh, when it counted like Lucas. And, uh, sometimes you have to overlook, uh, some people, uh, like Darlington, unfortunately. How about you, Adam? Do you disagree or agree with that top four? I think you've nailed it. I think that as you said, the entire team is deserving and, and certainly a historic team and one of the best teams in crew history. Um, but I, I think in terms of the top four players in that squad, I, I think I think you've whittled it down correctly. You know, obviously taking into account maybe there were some games missed, but I think crew crew fans who, who watch the games every week will know the difference when some of those guys were on the field and when some weren't. So I, I think you've I think you've um, hit it out of the park. And uh, before I give you the audience reviews, Adam, where do you think the audience went with this one? I think they went with, with Zeller Ion. Um, that, that would be my guess just based off of um, MLS Cup and, and his performance and his performance down the stretch. But, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to find out. Well, fourth place, and I don't think anybody's super surprised about this one, is Jossie Zardes with 7%. Third place is Pedro Santos with 10%. Second place is actually Lucas Zellerian with 36%. And with 47%, the audience's best, best player of the year is Jonathan Mensa, which defenders not often getting a whole lot of credit. So, uh, and that was also by a landslide, the one that got the most votes. So a, a, Pretty commanding win for Jonathan Mensa over all the sexy goal scorers. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with my audience. I'm not going to lie. But I, I'm going to hold back whether or not that's the direction I went for now. Adam, who is your best, best player of the year? My best, best, and I, I'm, I'm surprised with, your, with, the, with the audience here. Um, for me, it has to be Lucas Zellarion. I think the difference between the crew being an elite team and the crew being a good team was Lucas Zellerion. Um, I know he didn't play a ton. I'm sure um, a lot of people were frustrated by that. I know I was frustrated kind of in some of those summer months when I guess it felt like the summer, but really earlier in the fall when he wasn't playing and he was out and came back and got hurt. But 
man, I'll tell you what, I, I wasn't frustrated with him on Saturday night. And I think he was influential throughout the stretch, uh, the home stretch of the, of the um, season and through the playoffs. And I, I think the crew are just a different team when he's out there. I thought he was the best player on the field on, on Saturday night against Seattle. Um, you know, I think he, they, they mentioned several times in the, in the lead up to the game and after the game that he played a part in, um, you know, every, every goal that the crew scored in one way or another in the playoffs. So I don't see it any other way. I think he's far and away the best player and most technically gifted and talented player on the team. Um, so for, yeah, for me, it's got to be Lucas. Obviously, like we've said time and again, the other guys are, are certainly deserving. And, you know, Jonathan Mensa certainly is, is a deserving nominee and, and deserves that vote that he got from the fans for what he did this year. But I think in terms of the best, best player, um, I, I can't see it being anybody other than Zellerion. Patrick, I'm going to put you on the spot because I'm not going to go to you next because I don't know what you guys went into this voting. So I don't know who you have. I'm going to assume that it's not Jossie Zardes. Am I right on that assumption? That's correct. Okay. So what I do know is that my vote does not match the audience or Adam's vote. So when I give my vote, it will be then up to Patrick to decide the best, best player of the year. So I'm going to go ahead and counter... Adam's argument. Adam said Lucas Zellerion as best, best player of the year. Adam, I'm, if I told you that there is one player, one player for Columbus Crew, that the longest stretch they went without contributing to a goal was three matches, who would that player be? Uh, I would assume it would be Santos. It is Pedro Santos. And the reason that Pedro Santos to me is, is the, uh, the head and shoulders best, best player of the year this year. Look, you can take nothing away from Jonathan Mensah. He played every second of the season. And like you said, this season, that's incredible. Jonathan Mensah also had a very good defense supporting him. Josh Williams is a very good defender. Uh, Milton Valenzuela, he's young, he's fast, he's great. Harrison Awful had a, a, a bit of a dip this year, but he still, he still had many moments where he was Harrison Awful. So Columbus had a very solid and I'd say pretty consistent defense. We saw a little bit of defensive changes, but for the most part, it was those four starting the most of the season. The midfield was a position that was constantly in flux. There was no solid three midfielders, attacking midfielders this season. It was one game would be Diaz, one game would be Etienne, one day it'd be Boateng, one day it'd be Mokhtar, one day it would be Zellerian, or it would be Pedro Santos just shifting wherever on the, on the midfield they needed him. The other thing is Lucas Zellerian played 718 minutes less than Pedro Santos. And that 718 minutes less is the only person who's even close to Pedro Santos in the midfield minutes played. Uh, behind Lucas Zellerion is Luis Diaz. With uh, So Pedro Santos played 2,233 minutes. Zellerion, 1,515. And then you got Diaz with 1,510, and everybody else is a huge drop-off after that. So Pedro Santos, the one consistent force in the midfield, he ends up uh, with eight goals, seven assists, a lot of game-winning goals in that. And like I said, the longest stretch he goes without contributing to a goal all season is three matches. Adam, the longest stretch Lucas Zellerian goes without contributing to a goal this season is nine matches. So 
Pedro Santos, is he the most talented player in the midfield? No. Lucas Zellerian is probably by a stretch. But Pedro Santos is, in, in my opinion, two years running, the most consistent player for Columbus Crews attacking half of the field. So Pedro Santos, I know that was a long ramble, but <laughs> I, was, I did a lot of research and I wanted to be able to defend my point. Um, oh, and, and just in case anybody gave Jossie, I was also going to say that uh, Jossie did go 13 matches out of 26 without scoring a goal this season. So Pedro Santos is my best, best player of the year. And to me, it, it wasn't even close. Well, besides Jonathan Mensah. To me, it wasn't even close. So, Patrick, I say all that to tell you that you are now crowned with the, the, the responsibility of picking the best, best player in the world and also that any, anyone who's unhappy and any flack from this decision should go to Patrick Golden and rest squarely on his shoulders. So, Patrick, who is your best, best player for 2020? No pressure. Um, like I said... Uh, you could you can um, pick any of these and and be right. Um, the offense uh, really shined this year, and I think that's a, a, a attributable to the amount of talent that, that Caleb Porter and the front office has collected. Uh, but I'm going to go with Jonathan Mensa, uh, who has been rock solid the entire season, the entire playoffs. Uh, not missing a minute uh, to to do that as a as a physical defender to to grow from the the player that he was in 2017 coming into the league and really struggling with that the 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 adapting process to to how MLS works to being a defender of the year uh, finalist to being a best eleven uh, named to the best eleven um, the crew defense wouldn't be where it is if Jonathan would have went down compared to Vito. Um, he, 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 when I look at it, I look at uh, players who are irreplaceable. Um, I, we found out that Donovan Darlington Nagby is is not irreplaceable. The crew looked different. Um, the the without Lucas Zelleron, they certainly are lesser. Uh, but but there's still ways around that. I'm not sure how you replace somebody who leads like like Jonathan did throughout the season. And so on the field, uh, he he backed it up. Off the field. Um, Caleb talked about that. You know, he didn't know how this guy would go home to, to an empty house, you know, with his, with his wife, not with him and, and then come in and still be the force that he was to, to lead that locker room in, in such adversity. So, uh, when I think best, best, I, I think Jonathan Mensa. Now I will say, I don't know if you, you noticed on the camera when you said Jonathan Mensa, both me and Adam just, we just both slouched and we're super defeated. That's not because either of us think Jonathan Mensa doesn't deserve it. Jonathan Mensa is as deserving of a candidate as any of them. It's just because me and Adam wanted to be right and wanted we're to selfish. prove us right. So uh, I'm, I'm a little bummed out that, uh, <laughs> that me and Adam both lost that one. But I will say, uh, who, who you can't argue that. You can't argue what Jonathan Mensa contributed to this club this year, the growth in Jonathan Mensa, the journey, the story, like you said, to, to not be with his wife and everything that he sacrificed this season. And I mean, you saw it, you saw what it meant to him to win that MLS cup. To just, he just falls to the ground weeping. And that's a video that uh, I, I just got goosebumps talking about. Just, I've watched it on repeat of, uh, of him and, and awful just, just hugging him and, 
Uh, I believe it was Josh Williams that walks up and says, just let it out, Jota, just let it out. It's just, that was everything we were all feeling in that moment. I know, Adam, you were right next to me, man. Me and you just had the tears streaming. It was, you could tell he wanted it as much as the Columbus fan base, and you could tell it meant as much to him as it did to us. And and Jonathan Mensa, the best, best player of 2020, is is well-deserved, and uh, I just, you know, I, I really did a lot of research into Pedro Santos. <laughs> I <laughs> just really wanted to prove my point. So, gentlemen, uh, we did it. We, we've we given out the cruises. I'm pretty happy with the way that they all went. I will say I think uh, I think the audience votes won every category tonight. We had, we had a few tiebreakers, but the audience votes was the split. And when we agreed unanimously, we re- agreed unanimously with the audience votes. So the listeners of the show should be pretty happy with us tonight, gentlemen, because we uh, – we didn't even need to be here. We could have just let them uh, let them vote and, and have at it. But I appreciate you guys for being here tonight. I had a lot of fun. I, I've been looking forward to this. I've been the season. It's only been over for a few days, but I'm so used to recording like two to three times a week doing these post game shows that I feel like I haven't put out a podcast in a month. And it's it's only been, it hasn't even been a week yet. So it's it's been good to talk about crew again. I miss talking about the crew already. I appreciate you guys for being here. You were my best, best co-hosts of the night, just like Jonathan Mensa was the best, best crew player of the night. Patrick, why don't you tell these people where they can find you and what you're going to be doing during this offseason? Well, um, I'm at GoldenMR on Twitter and uh, at MassiveReport.com. And, uh, you know, we'll be covering the offseason because uh, even tonight – the rumors are starting to swirl about uh, Bradley Wright Phillips possibly signing, and there's interest from both sides. You know, that's uh, Murph uh, with his sources. So, you know, we'll, yep, Murph Bomb. We'll, we'll we'll be having we'll be having those all throughout the the, the off season. We'll be covering everything. So, that's where I'll be. And how about you, Adam? Where where can these people find you? Yeah, I'm on on Twitter at um, at the Adam Miller one. I'll be doing much of the same. I feel the the vast majority of my work on, on Twitter in the off season is to remind everybody who won MLS cup. So <laughs> if you like looking at pictures of, of people lifting trophies, yeah, give me, give me a follow. Cause I'm sure that there'll be plenty of those being, being sent out, but yeah. So at the Adam Miller, I want on Twitter. And if you like looking at pictures of Adam Miller with his shirt off, then my Twitter is where you need to be. <laughs> and that is at Andrew Atkins SC. You can follow this show at Crew Review Pod for all your crew news, updates, and analysis. Go to MassiveReport.com. You can follow them on Twitter at MassiveReport. Now, this is uh, Patrick. We're going to get out of here, but before we do, you brought up an interesting thing, and that is rumors. And I've the season just ended, but I'm hearing rumors left and right. And some of them, there's sources attached to other ones. It's like maybe it's a little far out. But uh, Adam, have you been hearing some some rumors yourself? Uh, I've heard a couple. I've seen a couple things on Twitter. I've got a couple hopefuls maybe in, in the back of my mind that I'd like to see. Um, but, but I'm letting the, the more distinguished, um, you know, people kind of in that inner circle break those, break those things to me. Well, I think Patrick gave what, what's probably the, the highest, the highlight rumor. I think that's, that's a great signing. That, that'd be great for Columbus. I'm going to give my low light rumor and then Adam, I want you to I want you to spew off a rumor that you've heard too. That just just as a way to close it, just as a little fun. The rumor I am hearing 
is get used to not having a yellow shirt in 2021. I, I'm, I'm hearing that the banana kit might be going away, replaced with a primary white and black jersey, which I'm not crazy about, but I, I don't now again I know I know none of the validity to this rumor. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there because Patrick got me going on rumors. I've heard uh, the same. You've heard the same? Yeah. Yeah, the, the I, I heard that one that that uniform would have had to been in late last year, so I'm trying to remember where I heard it. But yeah, I was talking to a couple of people saying that they were looking to not rebrand, not necessarily, but to kind of retool what the look looks like. And so black and white with, with yellow in there was something that I heard. Um, we're not, I, I don't think it's crazy. Like the, uh, the, the 2016 for Columbus kit that uh, really kind of blew things up. But, um, but yeah, the, 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 the black and white as, as the, the more of an, the identity I, I've, I've heard something about that. Haven't seen anything, uh, recently, but all that stuff is already to Adidas, so uh, already getting made. So the leak should be coming. You know, jersey leaks uh, sometimes come out, but uh, yeah. So it, it'll it'll be interesting to see if there's a a distinct lack of yellow, which uh, kind of seeds it to Nashville. Which I, I think that that's a bad idea because yeah. there's only one yellow team in uh, and yellow football team in in MLS, in my opinion, and the crew should own it. I'm with you there. I I, I don't like any of what you just said uh, <laughs> well hopefully hopefully it uh it doesn't come to pass but um i guess yeah i guess we'll see well and adam the responsibility now falls on you the last rumor for for the 2020 cruises award uh what's what's a rumor you've heard i haven't heard a ton of them the the one that i'm i'm a big fan of that i think would be one of those signings that Maybe we talk about at the end of next year, maybe not a, a big deal like Bradley Wright Phillips, but um, Justin Morrow to Columbus is one that I would like to see Toronto FC outside back. I think he gives good, good depth there. Um, and I think that he would uh, potentially fill a need. I think he's out of a contract. So, um, you know, and he, he's a guy who would bring some championship experience to um, the crew who obviously are, are looking to get back there. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much of a validity there is to that, but I think that would be a, maybe one of those underrated signings that we talk about at the end of the year next year. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Morris from Cleveland area, if memory serves, and so maybe it's a case to come back home. I know the, the Sounder at Heart people who are plugged in on, on the Seattle side said Jovan Jones is looking at um, Houston and Columbus, which I, I'm, I'm not sure how that works because his – his best position is left back, and that's not necessarily a position of need. And I would imagine he could start. So, you know, but 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 they know people, and so uh, you know, I, I think that uh, that's a conversation I've had. Now Columbus is on the map. Now that uh, uh, the reason for Colum coming to Columbus, which in the past I've always thought is, hey, you get to play for Greg Berhalter, which is which is positive, and then you know the you discovered the joys of, of living in Columbus. Now it's, Hey, we have a $300 million stadium, yeah. a $40 million training center and a championship. Um, I understand. I I'm a big fan of Greg. Uh, I, I hear a lot of great things about his players, but man, uh, a, a stadium, uh, a packed house, uh, you know, a training facility and then a championship uh, grab some attention. Yeah, a little bit better, better full package deal there. 
you got me pumped up right now, Patrick. I want to go play for the Columbus crew. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, this was a completely out-of-place, dirt sheet, unplanned segment. Uh, it just kind of naturally happened. I could talk all night about Columbus crew, but I'm not going to do it tonight. I'm going to let you gentlemen get back to your to your regularly scheduled lives. I will say, however, if, if, you're, if this got you hyped up and this got you kind of salivating for more crew talk, uh, next Sunday, a week from today, when this podcast is released, we will be doing the season review episode with Patrick Murphy from Match, uh, from Massive Report. And we will be talking about the season. We'll be talking about the off-season moves that already happened. And we will be talking a little bit about the rumor mill as well. So consider this a little sneak peek for next week's episode. But Patrick, thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm glad you could make time for us tonight. Thanks for having me. I'm glad the, the schedule's matched up, and I appreciate you being uh, flexible. Adam, I appreciate you being here, and I'm going to tell you, buddy, go ahead and put that shirt back on. Yeah, I'll think about it. I'm not quite done celebrating yet, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Always a pleasure to, to talk with you and to talk about the crew and uh, the 2020 MLS champs. And as always, for Master Report, I'm Andrew Atkins, and this has been the Crew Review Podcast. Glory to Columbus. Go Crew, and we will see you next time when we review the crew.